Come on, praise the Lord in this place. Come on, praise the Lord in this place. Hey. Man, Brother Connor, you should have just taken it. You, you got notes, you can come preach. <laughs> well, didn't they do a good job tonight? Oh, Lord. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. This, this month around here, we've been doing, a, I guess, I don't know what you call it, youth month. Been a lot more youth involved. Just talking to the ones that aren't from Calvary. Just to give you a, a recap here. We've been a lot more involved in our singing and our music. We've got the, we had the youngest band possible. <laughs> so we asked Sister Alicia to come play. <laughs> Um, but no, really, we love Sister Alicia, but we have had a lot of young people step up, probably enough for the rest of us to step down for the rest of the year. But not only that, they've been carrying an anointing with them. And Brother Connor, I, I, I was joking a while ago, sort of, but when you came alive, actually, every time y'all came alive tonight, the whole church came alive, and the Holy Ghost did too. And I want y'all to know... I know you've heard it a lot lately. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. And you know what? You drive these services. You drive this church. Wherever you go is where we... If you, if you get excited, we get excited right behind you. We're old and sleepy and overweight and all that. And everything. Uh, I want to quickly uh, thank you all, all for coming. My mom and dad, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. Everyone that else that is visiting here and everyone else that came out tonight from the home church. I want to quickly turn in your Bibles to Matthew 13, verse number 44. We're going to talk about the parable tonight of the treasure. It says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof, in other words, gladly, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. And if I could tonight, just for a short bit, I don't have a whole lot, I'd like to preach on just another field. If you could pray with me tonight, lift your hands up, put your hands toward me, however you want to do it. Let's make a connection with heaven tonight. Lord, in your name, Jesus, open our ears, open our minds, and open our hearts, God. Lord, anoint this vessel of clay. God, anoint my lips that I may speak your word tonight, Jesus. God, in your name, Lord. Now, all together, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Jesus, in your name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. If you'll help me, you can be seated. I guess you're all going to help me then. Has every one of you sat down? Amen. So I was reading this parable, and I know we've, we've all heard it, or a lot of us have, most of us. But I just want to recap the story. It says there was a man, he, he was in a field. It wasn't his field. So it must have been along the way. Somewhere, probably a thousand people had passed by it. Who knows? I'm just in my mind. This is what I'm picturing. A lot of people had probably passed by that field. And this man, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he's digging around, poking around, prodding around in some other guy's field. And he found a treasure. 
And we all know the story, just like we just read. He ran home, in my mind, the Sunday school teachers, the way they taught it. He ran home. He sold everything he had. They didn't have Facebook Marketplace, so it probably took a little longer than that. But he sold everything he had, and he ran back, and he bought the treasure, right? And I was up the other night. It was later than I thought. It wasn't real late. It was later than I thought, and I actually texted this to Pastor. I was reading it, and I had read this before and thought about it and forgot about it about a year ago. I was in a very dead, dry, boring Pentecostal church in Wisconsin. I don't want to say the preacher's name. But we were up in Wisconsin visiting some family, and he was, there was a guy preaching about the pearl of great price. And I was bored to death for like an hour. And so I started reading Matthew 13. I hate to admit that, but I, I went back to Matthew 13 and reading the parables, and I read this, and it, it stood out to me. And I just remembered it the other night. This man bought the field that we're talking about, that we always talk about, right? But somebody owned the field. There was a man that had the field, had the treasure, and had no idea what he had, right? And it bothered me. And I sent it to pastor, and I thought, man, he's going to give me some notes. He'll He'll reply, and he sent an exclamation point back. And that's all I got. So... (laughs) Um, so here it is. Here's my version of it. I thought, what a tragedy. And we probably all heard of somebody that had something, had a talent in church, had something, and they let it waste. But this is, this is a little different story. This is a little different point I'd like to make here tonight. What a tragedy to be handed something. You have it. And it's everything you need is there. You've just got to find it and cultivate it. And you sell it to the first person that comes and offers you something. And it really scared me. And I thought about the youth in this place. And I want to, I want to ask a question. I know there's not a lot of in the youth, but all over the house. Who's first generation Pentecost? Could you stand? First generation Pentecost. More, quite a few actually. But now y'all could be seated. And who's second generation or greater Pentecost in this house? The rest of you stand because that's the rest of us right there. Every one of us have been handed a heritage. Y'all can be seated. Every single one of us have been handed this heritage. In the Bible days, the way it happened. And I want to move quickly. But in the Bible days, you can go back to Leviticus and other places in the Bible. Land was handed down. It was as a provision for future generations. Land was not to be sold. Land was the economy. Land is what provided for your family. Whether it was crops or whatever it was, land was money back then. It it, it provided. It was food. Food on the table. It was not to be sold. And even when it was sold, it was temporary, it says. It was for a debt. It was for a a time and then the years would pass and at the year of Jubilee, I believe it was, it would be given back to the, the family that had sold it. It was not his to sell. And parents, I want to talk to you tonight for a minute. It's not ours to sell. It's not ours to not pass it down. 
We know what the treasure is. It's our job to make sure they understand what they have. Well, come on. Jesus in your name. Oh, hallelujah. And I sat, I sat troubled. I went to bed and I laid there. I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned. I woke up at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. And I thought, man, what a tragedy it'd be if, I, if, if Cooper grew up in this and Booker grew up in this. And didn't realize what treasure they had. Here's the difference in the first generation. The first generation is the first guy we always talk about. He's walking around and this is what I liken it to. I don't know if any of my cousins in here ever got the opportunity to ride with Uncle Daryl around Cabot. You'd be flying down the road in that old brown, rusty old wrecker. Usually we had stopped at dude's place and I was eating a Reese's cup and a Mountain Dew in my hand. And I was really just trying to stay awake because he woke us up real early usually. And you'd be flying down these country roads headed toward Copart, the auction. But he'd slam on them brakes and your head hit the dash and you'd drop your Reese's and he'd say, you see that? No, I didn't really see anything. I was half asleep here. And he'd be pointing over in a yard. That looks like an 87 El Camino. Probably got a V8. No, he'd, he'd tell you everything about the car just immediately. And, you know, to me, I remember, I remember those times thinking this. And he'd pull in the yard and he'd get out and talk to him. And I think, man, we're going to get shot. But <laughs> oftentimes he'd buy them things. I think there was a time he had four or five of those El Caminos sitting in his yard. I don't think any of them ran at the time. He, he always got them running, but he knew what he was looking for. Because see, and, and what I thought about was like Sister Eccles, Sister Lila Eccles, Brother Aaron Robertson. They have tried the world. They've been to the bars. They've been everywhere else. They've had all the hobbies in the world. They've had people in their lives. And to them, they have tried literally just another field after just another field after just another field after just another field and when they got to church somehow in a miraculous way they found their way to an apostolic Pentecostal church and they knew what they felt this ain't just another this ain't just another field this ain't just another come on they knew when you tried it all and it's all failed you. You know that this ain't just another field. Jesus in your name, Lord. So, but the difference in a first generation and a second generation oftentimes is you were just given the field. You don't remember a time when you didn't come to church. You grew up in this. Booker's never going to remember a time. Cooper's never going to remember a time when we didn't go to church. Cooper's going to remember a few more times we didn't go to church as often. But Booker's never going to remember a time that we didn't go to church. Every time the doors were open, every time there was a prayer meeting, every time there was a church service, we're going to church. Jesus in the Oh, but in that there's danger. In that there's this danger that he would just become comfortable. It would just be an, another field. It would just be another church service. It would just be another prayer meeting. It would just be another sermon. 
Because they've heard it all their life. And as they tuck away their pains and their hurts and their things, then they hide away. And they come to church and they just worship because that's just what you do in an apostolic Pentecostal church. At least around here. I don't know what you do at your church if you're visiting. I actually know what God does in their church. They shout and they worship. My father-in-law, I've seen him do something. I thought he was going to do a somersault earlier. Y'all remember, the rest of y'all remember the first time he spoke at FPC? He rolled around on the platform. Hey, you know what? We're laughing about it now, but not in a comical way. We're proud of that heritage. We're proud of that heritage that's been handed down. Cooper, I hope I see you doing a somersault one day. Jesus in your name, Lord. Oh, Jesus in your name, Lord. And I thought about this. This thought just could not escape me. What, in my turn, what an idiot. Why would you sell the field? How do you know? Two things. How do you not know what's in your field? And how are you okay with some other guy walking around in your field? Prodding around, poking around. Hey, if there's something in my field, I want to know about it before you do. I guarantee it. I'm going to know what's in my backyard. I don't know. This kid was playing in my front yard. If y'all been to my house, I got all those rocks. It kind of looks kind of sloppy, but I've got rocks around the front corner of my house, and there's lizards and everything else up there. And I came around the corner, and there's this kid out there. He was moving my rocks around. I was like, what are you doing? I, and I looked at him for a while. I pulled up and backed in. He just kept playing. I rolled down the window and looked at him for a while. He waved at me and just kept playing. I got out and I was like, Bubba, what you doing in my yard? I'm just looking for lizards. Not a big deal at that point. It's just an eight-year-old kid. But I'm going to check on even that. So I can't imagine having a field and some other man being out in it and me not at least driving out saying, what you what you doing out here? What you looking for? What you find? What you find on my property? Right? <clears throat> but the other thing Jesus in your name. You know I want to talk about something right quick. I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause on that for a second. I, I asked the high schoolers. A lot of you. I'm sure I missed some of you. It's no offense. It was just some of it was late in the, in the school day yesterday, and then I got some of them before church tonight, the ones that were here on time. I don't want to preach too hard about that, but the ones that were here on time. Uh and I just said, hey, here's a piece of paper. Don't write your name on it. Don't talk to your friends about it. Write three to five, two, whatever, how many. Struggles and issues that you have, that your friends and nobody else knows that you have. And the first five I got, We'll talk about them because really I, I thought I had a message. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and preach this part. 
the first five I got, one of them, I, the, almost all of them wrote cell phone. I can't put down my cell phone. That's the biggest issue I have in life is that I can't put this down. And I'm sure that was for some of them without getting too detailed. I'm sure that was code for something else. But I can't seem to put this down. And on almost every one of them that put phone, they also said, and I'm not here to slap y'all, promise. I promise this is in love. Almost every one of them that put the phone also said, I struggle to find consistency in daily prayer. I struggle to find consistency in my walk with God. That's, that's no coincidence, young people. There's no coincidence. And the reason why you don't know what's in your field is because you can't put the distraction down long enough to go dig around and see what you got. Hey, that's not just for the young people either. There's many a nights I can't put this down. You know, if I'd have picked up the Bible a couple nights instead of reading that thing, I wouldn't have been offended by what I saw on Instagram. I wouldn't have been burned up by what I saw on Facebook. I wouldn't have been sharing with my family what I thought this person was talking about, my family. You know, if I'd lay aside the distraction, I'd know what was in my field. I'd know the purpose that God had for me. I'd know the reason why I was born in this church. Jesus in your name. Oh, but we've been handed this heritage and it's so easy for us to sleep on it. It's so easy for us to ignore it. But as parents, it's also so easy for us to ignore the kids. And when I got tonight's list and I compared it to yesterday's list, it's a little more alarming when I read back through all of them. And I want to preach to the parents. I'm a firm believer that if there's a word going forth, I don't care if it's a youth service. I don't care if it's camp meeting. If you're in the room, it's for you. So if that's okay, I'm going to talk to the parents for a minute. And I don't know who wrote any of these. I don't care who wrote them. It's a tragedy that some of these things were written down. Oh, some of them struggle with standards. Some of them struggle with family. Some of them struggle with not feeling important. Some of them struggle with, it's vanity, but you know what? That's our fault because we didn't squash it out. Some of them, oh, it's multiple of them, struggle with suicidal thoughts and depression. And you know, God gave me that field. Cooper, can you stand up? God gave me that field. And it's my job to find out what's in it. It's my job to show them the treasure that's in him. If you're a parent in this house and your child is here, it's your job. It's your job to know these issues that they're struggling with. Oh, I, I hope it's, I mean, I'm not showing anybody and I'm not naming names. I hope this doesn't embarrass anyone. I want y'all to know when I prayed about it, I felt strongly to get these lists together. I asked pastor to make sure it was okay. I don't want to cross any lines. 
And I had them all typed out, and you thought, I thought, you know what? Just to show y'all, these are your kids. These are our kids. Because I promise you, if I'd have asked the younger ones, they'd have had issues too. Because there's, there's young ones addicted to things that we never saw when we were kids. There's kids eight, nine years old that have seen things that we've never seen. Because these stupid phones, these stupid cell phones, and this stupid social media. <clears throat> but I want you all to think about this. These are the parents I'm talking to. Your kids are struggling with things we don't ever talk about. I remember when I first started talking about getting into the ministry and I was feeling out and just talking to different people. Answering that call that I knew I'd ignored for years and years. They told me, well, you can't talk about two things. You can't say divorce. And you, and you can't say suicide. And they never did in my whole life. I never, I mean, they preached against divorce. But they didn't, they didn't really point it out that it was an issue in the church when I was growing up. And they didn't talk about suicidal thoughts. Because you stayed away from those things. And look what we've created. We've created a generation that can't talk about those things. Can't talk about those struggles. Can't open up to us about those things. Hey, you know what? I, I didn't have this in my, my notes. It's our job to make sure that they ain't struggling with those things. Mama, get a prayer life. Daddy, get a prayer life. Take them to church. They're crying out. If you see them sitting in the back during altar call, they're crying out. They may not be saying anything. They're saying, Mama, please come get me. Please drag me down front. They may snarl and they may buck all the way down there. Bring them on anyways. I'm telling you, Mama did it to me. Daddy did it to me. And I, yeah, I left church. But I came back. I got out of the fire. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name. But what a tragedy, young people. I want you to know that everybody that wrote something, whether it was suicidal thoughts or depression, there wasn't one thing listed that wasn't written at least three times. You are not alone in your struggle. The devil would let you know that you're weird and you're out of place because you're struggling, you're feeling bad. You are not out of place. Your friend sitting next to you struggled. You know, and if I, was to, if I was just to say, you know, who has ever struggled with depression or violent thoughts or anger or not feeling good enough or standards and things like that and problems with your family and I was to ask the parents to stand up, every one of them would stand up. But we didn't talk about it. We don't talk about it to you because we hide it. And yeah, we don't want you to see us for what we were. But we got to be open about what we struggle with. Because we some of us still struggle with it today. And we come on to church and we worship anyhow. Because, yeah, you should do that. But you know what? Be open. Talk to your kids. Love them. I, I got angry when I read this at myself. I got angry at the devil. And I got so frustrated.
that this is what it's become. This is our heritage. This is what we've handed them. And we ain't sold them, hey, you've got purpose in this place. You've got purpose in this house. You've just got to dig it out. You've got to walk through your field, Roger, Brother Henry, Brother Landon. You've got to search that field that God gave you. You've got to dig through it. You've got to say, you know what? I may feel out of place right now, but I'm going to keep trucking. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to find what he's got for me. I'm going to find what he needs me to do. I'm going to hold a door open. I'm going to ask Sister Karen, hey, what can I do today? I'm done with school. Well, I got quiet on that one. There's some of you. You don't understand what you've been given. And there's some of you, there's people here tonight, you don't even know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what the treasure is, I'll tell you real quick. It's the Holy Ghost. It's Holy Ghost power to live right, talk right, separate yourself. It's this Acts 2.38 message that we preach. And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's what we believe and that's what it is. But it's more than just that. It is being born into it. Again, obviously reborn. Jesus. But I thought about this girl that me and my wife grew up with. She was in our class. And I'm closing if you want to give them a little hope. She was raised with us. She came to Christian school. She came to church with us. She could sing. She, she was good at sports and all kind of stuff. She was in our class. And then she started hanging with the wrong people. She started mingling with the wrong crowd. Yeah, it was in our school at first, but it was the ones with the attitudes. It was the one with the problems. It was the ones with the, <clears throat> the vanity issues. You know what? Separate yourself from those people. Just separate. I know it's, it, it's hard sometimes in a smaller group, but just separate yourself. Love them, but love them here. Don't love them here. And she drifted and she drifted and she drifted and suddenly she was dating this guy that was way too old for her. And he had a motorcycle. They were hanging out with them. At this point, they're not hanging out with church people anymore. They're hanging out with some wild, ungodly men is really what it was. She's on the back of a motorcycle and he pulls out right in front of a car, didn't see it. And it hits her. And she's a pretty girl. It messed up her face and it messed up her arm. And from that point forward, she drifted further and faster than you could even imagine. She went and she had jobs that you, you'd blush at. She went places. It was all vanity, vanity, vanity. She dressed in ways women shouldn't dress. Anybody should dress. And I don't know where she is today. The man on the motorcycle, I believe, died. 
That didn't stop her. Even though the church wrapped their arms around her. Somehow. Somewhere. She took for granted that field. It was just another field. Yeah, I'm here. Y'all can stand. Y'all, I'm here at church. Yeah, I can sing. Yeah, I looked apart. I hope this was all right. I don't know. I, I know what I felt on my heart and I delivered it. But if you were to ask me if she's ever going to make it back, I hope so. And I hope she's on fire for God one day. I hope she brings her babies to church, shows them the field. Right now she's trying just another field after just another field. But she traded that field and the reason why she traded it is because yes, she was, she was used. Yes, she could sing. Yes, she was gaining popularity in the church but she didn't realize what she had. She didn't realize what was just buried. And it doesn't say it was buried. It just said it was hid. Just a quick walk around, just a quick search. Just a gander around may have helped her discover what her purpose was, what that treasure was in her life. But instead, she sold it all for a motorcycle ride and that turned into a life of vanity. And I pray, when I thought about that last night, I, I, I teared, I, I just had tears in my eyes. I was talking to my wife about that story. And I really didn't talk much after that. It just kind of just sobered the mood in the room. But she was just like y'all. She was just like you. She was just like you. She was raised in this, Cooper. She was just like you. And the journey from where she is now, though God can do it in an instant, seems a long ways. And I know you don't believe that that'll be you. I know you're thinking, I can fool with the devil. I can fool with sin. I can flirt in another field. Or actually, my field's not important is really what you're saying when you do that. Never gonna, there's nothing in my field. There's nothing. If you're not careful, you'll wind up in the same situation. And I'm not a doomsday guy. I'm not, I'm not that guy. But I, I'm troubled. And I'm angry at the devil. And I'm sorry that y'all feel this way. But I'm here to tell you tonight. There's different problems that you're facing that we ever faced. My generation, the generation before me, and just after me, they're a little older than y'all. Young people in this house. 
We faced a lot of different problems. Y'all have some crazy problems in your life. But the solution is still the same. The answer is still the same. If you'll get your prayer life, if you'll dig around in your field, you'll find your treasure, I promise you. Come on, if you could come to this front and pray right now. These altars are open. I don't want someone to leave here. It would be terrible if you left here tonight and didn't know what your field had. Jesus in your name. Come on, it's not just another field. There's treasure in this field.